What? No. Welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I'm Opal. And this week we watched The Happening, the 2008 M. Night Shyamalan film. Hey, what's happening, guys? What's happening? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I guess before we get into <laughs> this movie... Uh, what have we been up to Opal, this week? We haven't been doing much this week. We haven't watched any new movies specifically because I've been working on wedding stuff. That's been fun. Yeah, we're, um, I guess I'm making all the decorations for our reception, so. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's hard, but it's meticulous. But mm-hmm. still glad we didn't pay for a wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be alright. Yeah. Um. Honestly, it's fun. I guess we have watched all of Glow Up Season 4 in the last uh, 24 hours. Yeah, that came out. We, we've watched all of them, but it is it is one of the worst reality competition show formats I think I've ever seen. Yeah, um, the thing is, we watch a lot of reality competition shows. Uh, I, we, we've tried basically everything at this point. I think so. Uh, we've watched all 20 seasons of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, we've watched. There's something wrong with us. We've watched a whole lot of Survivor. Uh, we'll, we watched like a lot of America's Next Top Model. All of it. All of yeah. it. Uh, and we like Glow Up, but um, it has this problem. Specifically, I honestly think the show is fine. Except for the way that they decide who goes home. The, the face-off The face-off. We won't spoil this season, but uh, some bad face-off eliminations this season. Okay, but in other seasons it's worse because people who should have gone home week two can stay until the finale with this, <laughs> the way that this is made. You have to beat someone at a very specific small makeup thing. And if you beat them, you get to stay. And also, they don't care at all about your track record, including how well you did that episode so you could have had like the better challenge makeup that episode but you both ended up in the bottom and the other person did better in the face-off so you go home also the the special thing with this seasons is uh everyone relied on prosthetics constantly so for half of the episode no one would have anything painted they're just fucking around with this fucking latex <laughs> and prosthetics in the finale Three out of three people used prosthetics. We need to bring back Face Off. We need to do something about this. Face Off, the uh, special effects makeup show, which we've also watched a lot of and really like. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like the focus on prosthetics this season uh, was Because they never do it the other seasons, ever. They haven't done it, like, at all. There'll be, like, a prosthetics challenge, or there'll be, like, one person who's like, I know how to do prosthetics, and we'll do it sometimes, but, like, 
never like this. It was every episode, multiple times an episode. I hate this show. <laughs> but I, it's not hate watching it because honestly, I do like, a, I do have a passion for makeup and I like the artistry that goes into it and how talented the contestants are. Just the format is so bad. And the season was really weird. It might be on its deathbed or something soon. I don't know. It I, was a really bad season. I never know with Netflix shows. You never... Because this went past three, which is their magical number. Yeah, I don't know. So it must be doing okay on some level, but I never see people talk about it. But so. it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. I don't know why we watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well... Uh, speaking of let's, being driven crazy... Let's put a timestamp so that they can skip us bitching about Glow Up for ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we watched The Happening, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, and John Leguizamo. He's not really in this movie. No. <laughs> but we'll get to it. Um, I guess like a little bit of background. This is... Uh, M. Night's movie immediately following uh, The Lady in the Water, which was right after The Village. Oh, they're all so bad. And then this one is immediately preceding the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he's uh, in the middle of his flop era. Just take him out back. <laughs> Just don't even. Um, it's over. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the gist of this movie is that it's... Uh, supernatural horror film where an event happens it, it's happening it's it's happening. currently happening it's happening uh i guess let's go ahead and get into the summary uh you'll never guess how people are dying <laughs> <laughs> so we open on central park where two women are reading together they're reading the same book are they trying to... How does this work? Do you try to match each other's pace? Like, you're just, like, well, looking over they, constantly to see if they've changed the page They must, because finish. one woman asked the other, like, where was... Where am I picking up from? And it's like, how would she know unless you were reading the exact same amount? We're a hive mind, <laughs> and we like to read together. Uh, everyone in the park suddenly stops walking as the wind kind of whips through, uh... Claire, one of the reading women, uh, stabs herself in the neck with her hairpin. This is this is not a hairpin. This is a ye old timey hat pin that women <laughs> used to stab Ben with at night. So, uh, three blocks away, a construction worker jumps from a building. Uh, as all the other construction workers kind of pile around him to be like, "Oh man, Mackenzie fell." Mackenzie, uh, an <laughs> <laughs> uh, another. Uh, construction worker jumps and they go oh davis, davis no <laughs> and then another they all have names. and then another and another and pretty soon it's like a cascade of falling bodies it's uh, raining bed we get an overhead shot of these guys just like slow-mo like walking off of planks yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> it's pretty weird um cut to mark Wahlberg. he's a science teacher if you couldn't tell He's talking to his students about honeybees disappearing. Because that was something that was happening? I think it was like a talking point in 2008. I mean, I do think it's improved a little bit over, over the past few years. Well, they figured it out. Yeah. It, Any, was, it was a virus. Anyway, uh, he he does like uh, bully one of his students. He's like, he's like, you're going to be ugly when you grow up. 
Yeah, so you might be looking pretty now and not care about class, but you wait, Buster. Uh, it is bullying. Uh, but the the kid is like, oh, it, it's an act of nature, and we'll never fully understand this bully it. philosophical <laughs> jock guy. I want to know his story. Uh, Mark Wahlberg says there, uh, his character is Elliot Moore. Uh, he says that there are forces at work beyond our understanding. Uh, Shyamalan loves this shit. What just? I mean, he's he's a very religious guy, and it comes through in his movies, obviously. Like, we watched uh, Signs recently, and I got big Signs vibes from this movie, I have to say. I guess, but also just, it's very non-committal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get to it. Um, yeah, there's lines being dropped here, like, uh, we need a respectful awe for the laws of nature. Uh, you're, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> The vice principal calls all the teachers in uh, to do, like, a conference, uh, and they say, it appears there's an event happening. Uh, the symptoms are, they think it's, like, a terrorist attack. Uh, there's, like, these symptoms of someone will exhibit confused speech, physical disorientation, and then they will kill themselves. No, they don't say that they stop and look at you like you said something bad about Breaking Bad or something, and then they walk <laughs> backwards two feet, and then they do something really funny and die. Uh, that, that's basically how it works. Uh, enter John Leguizamo as Julian, who is a math teacher. You can tell he's a math teacher because every one of his talking points to relate to other people is about math. Oh uh, yeah, the first note I have is the line that he has, which is, uh, people are comforted by percentages. Normal shit to say. Very <laughs> natural character building dialogue is gonna be the theme, I think. Uh, he invites, uh, Elliot... And uh, his wife, 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 Alma, uh, to kind of get out of the city. Yeah, and because go to he, te- he tells them this fucked up story about how his wife was crying on their wedding day. Yeah, uh, so I guess Alma's been like acting distant, and Elliot is worried about it. But Julian says, uh, "Oh, I could tell that she wasn't ready for marriage because I walked in on her crying on her on your wedding day," and. And she, she told me that I was sexier and that I had big muscles <laughs> and that she'd rather be my wife. I don't know if that's the implication, but... That's the way it was delivered. He seems very spiteful about this woman marrying him. He does. Um, uh, at home, Alma is watching the news uh, about how our brains come with a self-preservation mechanism and there's this toxin that, like... Turns that off, and that's what makes people kill themselves. I don't think this would happen to me. <laughs> I don't think this is how it works. I mean, I've had a lot of work with my therapist, and I've really grown as a person, <laughs> and I've done a lot of soul searching. I think I would be okay. All right. You before the self-preservation <laughs> mechanism turns off. Yeah, I'm built different. <laughs> um, we see a newspaper on the ta- on the table with the header: "Killadelphia murder rate soaring." it's a that they got that out very fast well i think that uh that's not like in response to the events that's just like the societal ills are are going on (laughs) okay because (laughs) the world is fucked and we should be ashamed of living in it headline yeah uh yeah that is the thesis of this movie okay yeah okay (laughs) go on uh they head to the train station which is packed there are like uh, cops checking people's suitcases uh alma is also avoiding checking her phone uh, because... M. Night Shyamalan is trying to call. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it uh it's like implied that she's having some kind of affair uh we get more information on this later but that's kind of the vibes that you get oh y'all get into it (laughs) um alma and elliot argue about our problems uh zoe deschanel as alma has this whiny tone that oh, really she's being, sucks. She's being the manic pixie dream woman, but still, but pixie it's dream not. A, wife. It's not appropriate. <laughs> she her job in this movie is to wet those big old creepy doll eyes and to look sad, <laughs> while while um, she's being shepherded around by her husband. <laughs> That's right. Her job is to go. Oh, Elliot. It's making them kill themselves. That's so That's fucked messed up. up. <laughs> That's messed up. That's cringe. I'm oh, sorry. No one would say a swear word in this R-rated film. <laughs> no, no, it's too uh, holy for that. Um, uh, Julius's wife is late, so uh, he says she's going to catch the next train. Uh, also, he's there with his daughter Jess. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> Uh, cut to Philadelphia uh, at a park looking precisely like the Central Park in New York that we just saw. I don't know how much you've visited the East Coast, but it all does look the same. I'm sorry (laughs) to tell you this. All right, I have not been to the to the Northeast, so it's it's all the same. I don't have a frame of reference. Uh, The same kind of scene uh, plays out. Uh, Actually, no. (laughs) What we get here is, uh, again, everyone just kind of stops, um, and a cop takes out his gun and shoots himself in the head. Oh, this is so good. And then a taxi driver gets out of the car and picks up the gun and shoots himself in the head. And, and everyone then... <laughs> takes turn borrowing the gun to shoot themselves. And it's like, okay, it's my turn. Everyone's lining up for this one gun on the street. We're, I, I'm going to prep you for this so you can have an answer by the end of the show, but uh, think about what your favorite suicide in this movie is. Oh, I have an answer. <laughs> I already have one. We'll get to it when we get to it, because okay. I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alma is kind of sitting by herself in the train, and she's uh, on the phone with this guy that's calling her, and she said, uh, we just had tiramisu together. That's it. Bro. The way she is acting, I think she did want to fuck M. Night Shyamalan. And that's why she's <laughs> feeling guilty. Because eating ain't cheating. We all know this. Okay. She, she wanted to fuck M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, you need to explain. M. Night Shyamalan is the voice on the other end of the phone. Yeah, she, he was her date. <laughs> and she wanted to get down with him. Uh, we never see his face, but then, yes, it is M. Night talking. He He's in all him, of his he movies. He puts himself in all his movies anyway. We can assume it looks like M. Night Shyamalan. He's always uh, messing with other people's wives in his movies. Oh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> anyway. If you if that's what you say that happened in Signs, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, our protagonists uh, get news that uh, Philadelphia is all messed up and Boston is also being hit with the same quote-unquote terrorist attacks. Uh, so they decide to head for New Jersey. We're going to go 50 miles at a time down the coast and see what happens. <laughs> Uh, the train suddenly stops in Filbert, Pennsylvania. Uh, and Elliot, kind of trying to get answers from the train operators, uh, they tell him that they've lost contact. Do you think this happens? With everyone. Do you, do you think <laughs> if someone stops answering them on the phone, they're like, stop this fucking train right now? I mean, I could actually see it because like trains have to be in constant communication with the other trains on the tracks so that they don't crash. How many how many conductors did this train need though? 
I don't know, because there's like a pack of these guys. <laughs> also, uh, I have to take a moment and say, the dialogue is really stiff in this movie. Oh, I think, I think we can surmise that enough by uh, the quotes we're going to be dropping here. Yeah, but it is um, stiff as a board here. Uh, Mark Wahlberg just doesn't have it in this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, guys. <laughs> uh, almost talking with uh, Jess, the little girl, and she says uh, she doesn't like to show her emotions. Uh Elliot and Jess are talking. I'm uh, a bad actor, too. <laughs> Elliot tells Jess that uh, people give off energy, which is different colors. Just like this mood ring that Elliot is wearing. He has a sentimental mood ring, which only comes from the mall for $10. It is a $10 mall mood ring, if you've ever seen one. It I is, used to have a mood ring. It is chunky. Oh, really? Them shits are scams. It <laughs> yeah. never changed color. It was always blue. Who cares? You're just always peaceful. No, that's right. <laughs> I am always peaceful. That's what I know about you. You know this about me. <laughs> um, they all pile into this diner um, where the news is playing. Uh, and a woman uh, just shows Elliot a, a video on her phone of a zookeeper getting killed <laughs> hey, by lions. Hey, check, that, check out this live link that I got. Mother of God, what kind of terrorists are these? As, L- lions. <laughs> as the lions, <laughs> the lions the are the terrorists. <laughs> um, on the radio broadcast, it says that smaller and smaller towns are being attacked. And uh, they no longer think it's a terrorist attack. Um, it seems like... It is limited to the Northeast, though. You, um, you want to know how I know this is all fake and this could never happen? Go for it. Everyone believes this is happening. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, there is one character who we'll get to later. Not from lack of trying. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, so everyone uh, decides to kind of flee the small town that they're trapped in, trying to get out of the Northeast to get away from whatever's happening. What's happening? Wink. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Elliot and crew are all trying to find like a ride because um, they don't have a car. Um, Julian decides that he's going to go look for uh, his wife in another town because uh, she like caught a bus to a different town or something like that. Um, so he leaves his daughter. Yeah, he's like, here, take this. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> he leaves his daughter with Elliot and Alma, uh, who decide to hitch a ride with some uh, horticulturalists. Crazy Ed. <laughs> uh, he, he like has a line here to Alma where he's like, don't you take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. What if she said no then? What if she's like, okay, no then? <laughs> um... There's like an emotional scene here as Julian leaves just with them. Um, I'm going to miss Julian so much. He was in so much of this movie. <laughs> uh, he was such a character. Remember when he said that thing about math? Okay, I need to talk about this because in some of the prep that I did, uh, like Mark Wahlberg was talking about how like, oh, I had like such a great like rapport with John Leguizamo and how that was like really important to M. Night Shyamalan. And it's like, dude. We're like 20 minutes in and you two are never going to talk to each other on screen for the rest of the movie. He needed something to cling to. All right. Um, so Elliot and Jess are uh, riding with uh, these folks. They run a plant nursery. Uh, so they stop by to pick up some supplies. We get some really funny dialogue here. About... Yeah, some really interesting uh, characterful lines like, 
Hot dogs could get a bad rap. <laughs> uh, the full line I wrote it down is, we're packing hot dogs for the trip. You know hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape. They got protein. You like hot dogs, right? <laughs> no one asked, sir. <laughs> uh, he also goes on to say that uh, he thinks it's the plants that are responsible. His eyes are looking in two different directions. If you didn't know what kind of character this is supposed to be, by the way. Uh, we cut to Julian's car, uh, which drives past some hanging bodies. Um, he tries to comfort a woman in the car by giving her a math problem. <laughs> this would make me scream harder. Do uh, not throw math at me when I am traumatized. Uh, they are driving in a Jeep, though, and uh, as the kind of wind is picking up, they notice there's like a tiny hole in like the uh, the canvas top of the Jeep, so the toxin gets in, and so the driver... Fucked crashes the car into a tree uh and julian uh kind of stumbles out but then cuts his wrists yeah he he sits down very uh resolved like better to get to work i guess <laughs> apparently this is an accurate math problem by the way what he, the the problem he gives is like if you got like a penny and then the next day it doubled and then it doubled every day after that for a month you uh he says you would end up with more than 10 million dollars uh, it turns out people on Reddit have done the math. That's correct. Why do I care? Just letting <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why do you look up things like this about these movies? Listen, it's trivia. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Elliot and co. also run into some dead bodies on the road. Uh, so they decide they're going to turn around and go like a different route. Are those animals? No, they get out some binoculars. For... Are there are there squirrels with clothes on? <laughs> they get out some binoculars, which the the plant nursery people were quote spying on their neighbors with. Get out of the car. I have questions. Listen, no one should want to pick up people with a kid for any reason. Because That's right. you know, you never know. Um, they run into uh, like an army guy that's coming uh from the army base which has been overrun he says cheese and crackers yeah that's appropriate <laughs> you don't want to cuss not in an r-rated film uh at the same time cars from every other direction drive up uh, implying the same sort of bodies been found along every road um so they all decide to stay put um, so go in the middle well we get a cut here and uh like, a ton of cars have piled up, and there's, like, a caravan of people. Um, a woman takes a phone call from Princeton, where uh, Julius and his wife were supposed to be. Uh, and we learn that everyone there is dead. We get some audio storytelling. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get, like, really corny audio of, like, the person on the other end of the phone, like, throwing themselves out a window. <laughs> you can't tell what happens, but she's like, oh my god! <laughs> um... Jess seems to realize that this means her parents are likely dead, uh, and Elliot comforts her. Alma seems to be moved by this or something. I don't. I mean, the the child is mute at this point. We've established she just doesn't talk anymore. She because doesn't they, like they, to show her emotions because they figured out that this little kid is a terrible actress, and they don't want her to talk anymore. Uh, yeah, just like Alma as well. <laughs> just like just <laughs> multiple characters in this movie. They just don't speak anymore. Um. Elliot and uh, the army guy, uh, his name is Private Oster, uh, decide that they're going to head for a town that isn't on the map uh, by foot, with some groups kind of splitting off. Now you gotta realize, every character that you speak to for two seconds has a name that you should care about. 
I try to write down character names, but it gets really difficult in this I movie. Know. It's just, they're throwing out names so much. Like, who cares what the little kid who says two lines his name is? Um, the groups are kind of walking, and Alma and Elliot's group kind of splits off. Uh, Alma tells Elliot that uh, she had dessert with a coworker. Uh, and she feels guilty about it because in case they're going to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elliot seems upset by this. Um, suddenly the other group kind of stops. Uh, and, the, and the army guy, Private Oster, decides uh, he, he starts like speaking like gibberish um, and shoots himself with his gun. Um, I can only assume that everyone is borrowing the gun again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut, we cut to the... Uh, Elliot's group, and you just hear a bunch of gunshots in sequence, and we have to imagine the yeah, same thing Yeah, line up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the people are, like, asking Elliot what to do, and he keeps being like, just give me one second to think about it. Just one second. <laughs> okay, guys, let's really think about this scientifically. Yeah, he, he breaks out, like, his, the, <laughs> the scientific... gunshots in the background. He, he breaks down, like, the scientific theory and scientific method of how to, of how to interpret evidence. Uh, and his the thing that he comes to is that maybe the plants are doing it and it's targeting groups of people uh, and they need to stay ahead of the wind. So they try to outrun the wind, which is going very slowly. <laughs> yeah, the how the wind howls and kind of whips around everyone as the group kind of disperses. Uh, the group that we are left with is just our core people of Alma, Elliot, and Jess, along with two guys whose names are... They're not guys. These are shit-eating little Th- these kids. Are like, these are like... Yeah, these are like high school kids. No, they are like middle school. Middle school kids, maybe. Maybe, maybe elementary. They look little. They're, they're kids uh, named Jared and Josh. They're terrible little kids. Um, so our group, uh, they pile into an abandoned house looking for a map. Um... And like a moment alone, Elliot starts to talk to a plant, which turns out to be plastic. Uh, he is held hostage for a plastic plant for two minutes. And we're supposed to entertain this like it's normal. This is supposed to be like a joke. Isn't it? I don't know. It's odd. <laughs> um, it turns out the house is like a model home. Uh, it's full of all fake stuff. Like the plants are fake. Uh, the orange juice is fake. Uh, there are fake books. Um there is 10 minutes of just bits where the joke is that everything is fake and plastic. <laughs> it's a bit much. Uh, Elliot says that uh, the pattern of uh, cap- capital E events uh, is, that they, Happenings. is that they crest and then stop. Um, and he says that they need to try and stay away from people. Uh, on cue, a bunch of uh, people in a big group pile into the town and start dying. Yeah. Here we get, I think, our favorite bit. Oh, yeah, I think it is. I think it's got to be my favorite. Uh, where a guy runs himself over with a giant lawnmower. <laughs> no, he, he has to get on it, start it, and then lay down, and then <laughs> let it slowly approach him, and then it gets him. Yeah, and we get to see all of this in, like, detail. No, Real like, time. No, like, blood and guts or anything, though. Mark Wahlberg just does, <laughs> just... does just stand and watch it happen. <laughs> That's right. Which I would too. <laughs> uh, they they flee the town past a big sign about the the housing development with "You deserve this" in big letters. Subtlety, subtlety <laughs> is really M Night Shyamalan's uh, forte. That, I would say that's right. Um, uh, Jared and Josh ask Elliot why he hasn't settled down and had kids with Alma yet. 
Uh, and they tell him he needs to take personal responsibility. I'd be like, okay, pack it up, you little shits. You're, going, <laughs> you're on your own. Okay, sixth graders, get off my shit. Um, although Elliot does take this opportunity to tell Alma that uh, he flirted with a random pharmacist. In kind of like an olive branch, like, oh, you told me about having dinner with your coworker, and I, I flirted with the pharmacist. I thought about may- maybe buying cough drops that I didn't need. It's all stupid. <laughs> um, they come to yet another abandoned home, except uh, turns out there's people inside. Um, they're trying to uh, get some food, and they're like arguing with the people in there. Uh, this little girl is like a fucking tamagotchi. You cannot leave her. <laughs> For two seconds without her needing, oh, I need my diaper changed. Well, oh, I need a food. But, uh, I need you to clean up my exhibit. But we don't. <laughs> but she never delivers any of these lines. We just learn, like, secondhand through uh, Alma Zoe Deschanel's character that she needs food. Uh, she needs food. She needs to sit down. Uh, I I talked. I had a conversation with her off screen. <laughs> Tough shit, little girl. Um. Jared and Josh are being, like, belligerent and kind of, like, banging on the doors and windows, and uh, the people in the house uh, shoot them. These little shits had it coming. <laughs> um, the family flees, and now we get, like, a kind of montage across the country uh, of, like, newscasts saying that uh, the event should crest the next morning. The um, event. And it could end suddenly in that a uh, perimeter has been set up along the East Coast. Um, no one ever refers to this happening in any uh, concrete terms. They're just like, the event. The event. It's happening. Capital T, capital E, the event. Our <laughs> <laughs> um, heroes come to the third, fourth abandoned house, uh, which again turns out to be occupied uh, by an old woman who offers them dinner. She's like, um, you're eyeing my lemon drink. <laughs> yeah, she's very standoffish. Um, at the dinner table, they make small talk. Um, she asks... Elliot and Alma, who's chasing who? Because somebody always is in a relationship. Highly um, romantic. Nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Um, she also just, like, slaps Jess's hand for no reason. She fully hits this little girl and they don't <laughs> say anything about it. Um, the old lady, Mrs. Jones, uh, <laughs> seems unaware of the happening uh, and isn't interested. She, like, doesn't let anyone tell her what's going on. She's like... I hate the world. I don't care about anybody, but you will come into my house and have dinner with me. She also goes out of her way to mention that she's not good with plants. Wink, wink. Uh, Is that anything? She uh, offers to let them spend the night. Um, But she doesn't like anybody. My note here is that this movie, the reason that it reminds me of Signs is because this is just Signs, but with bad actors instead of good ones. It is not. I really feel like if it were just actors giving, like, good performances, a lot of the bones of Signs are just in this movie. If Signs, if, they ha- if it had 50 people in it, and it was completely <laughs> different in every way, and everyone was bad in it, and it wasn't the movie Signs. Got it. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Uh, Elliot and Alma are talking in, the, in their uh, bedroom. They agree to just kind of deal with the strange woman to, um, to protect Jess. Um, at this point, she overhears them and, uh, confronts them. Um. You're laughing already. Do, do we need to play the clip here? I hear you whispering. Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. 
No. What? No. Uh, she she says, uh, I, I hear you whispering. No, man, we're not. Planning on stealing something? What? Murdering me in my sleep? What? No. <laughs> Uh, but this doesn't have, this doesn't come to anything. She just walks off. Um, it's like the next day and Elliot, uh, goes to check on the old woman, um, and like walks into her bedroom where she's got this creepy doll laid out on the bed. It's fully made of human skin. It's scary. And he's like, freaky old woman. But then she's like behind him and she's like, hey, I heard that. I, heard that. I don't like you. <laughs> you have to leave. Uh, and she kind of wanders out into the garden. Um. And the wind starts roaring. Uh, She's, she steps back two feet and you know what's up. <laughs> um, Elliot tries to kind of seal the house, uh, but the uh, Mrs. Jones starts smashing her head <laughs> through the windows. The music is swelling as she's slowly kind of banging her head on her house. <laughs> uh, and this breaks the windows, which lets the wind in. Um, Elliot at this point realizes that Alma and Jess are in this like weird back house situation where there's like a tube underground that you can talk through in like the most plot contrived we didn't understand how to get these two characters to have a conversation from different buildings so we just made something up how about, how about you start yelling um they each kind of try and barricade themselves in uh elliot says it's happening here because that shabby old <laughs> shag definitely looks like it's airtight. Airtight, yeah, that's right. There are frogs in there. That's right. <laughs> uh, through the conversation tube, uh, they talk about their first date and the mood ring. Um, and we're supposed to think this is like a big emotional moment for them as they both walk out into the wind to be together before they die. <laughs> endangering the child for no reason yeah murder suiciding this little kid but also mark Wahlberg has to walk out of the house after that sad sad conversation about mood rings on his first day he's like maybe i should kill myself <laughs> oh god um nothing seems to happen so they just kind of go back inside uh and we have voiceover saying the event must have ended right before they went out there the event the event Cut to three months later as schools are opening back up and Jess is now living with uh, Elliot and Alma. Um, on the newscast, we learn that the trees rapidly evolved their chemistry uh, and that it was an active nature that we'll never fully understand. Remember that line? You don't get a fucking call back. You don't mind that. <laughs> uh, and that this was just a prelude and a warning from the planet. But uh, if the, the newscaster is skeptical. He says, if only it had happened... In one other place, then we could believe you. We're fully looking at the camera, telling you the thesis <laughs> statement of this stupid fucking movie. Uh, we get we get two final scenes here. Uh, one where Alma checks a pregnancy test, which is positive. Yeah, so they can have a real kid, not their adopted <laughs> they kid. They can replace the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adoption isn't real. Uh, and then our last final scene is in Paris, in a park. Uh, the event begins. All of the same... It, it starts happening. All of the same signifiers that we've talked about up till this point This time happen. in French. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Omelette du fromage. Oof. Um. Hopefully I had that. How'd you do? How'd you, how'd you enjoy the happening? Less. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started, like, watching this movie, and maybe, like... 
90 seconds in, you were like, oh, right, this is a movie about a couple who don't get along. <laughs> That's right. The most of the movie is about an argument that never happened about a married couple that just doesn't like each other. That's right. They don't like each other. Um, and I'm supposed to believe that they do. And, like, there's no chemistry between Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg, and their performances are really bad. So, yeah, the movie just doesn't really work uh, fundamentally because um, there's, like, no charisma from the performances. And I, I don't know. It's it's just a dark time in the in the Shyamalan uh, verse. This is his... Wait, was there ever a good time? I mean, I would argue that, like... Signs. Um, signs and then... Um, uh, what's his first movie? Uh, Six Sense. Six Sense. I'm we're, never going to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're only going to watch all of his bad films. <laughs> At least I have. Um, this is his first R-rated movie, which was in all of the marketing for this. Um, it really for doesn't. What? It really doesn't earn it. There's like a bunch of suicide scenes, but like there's no blood. Um, they take care to there's like. A, there's a little bit of CGI spray every once in a while. They really take care to show like nothing impactful on screen at any point. So I just don't, I don't get it. Um, this movie serves God in a big way. No uh, sex, no violence. <laughs> yeah, no swearing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, I mean, uh, so numbers wise, uh, it's only ninety one minutes. Which, it felt like a century. Uh, yeah, it does not even support the 91 minutes. Um, uh, it had a budget of $60 million and made $160 million in the box office. So it's a commercial success, but not really on the Against scale of... what? Not really on the scale of his previous films. Um, the Lady in the Water, the movie that came right before this, was his first movie to lose money, just straight up. Yeah. Um, so not, out. not quite a return to form for him. Uh, apparently it was shot in just 44 days. Uh, I mean, what, you're going to shoot people running around in a field? <laughs> in a field, yeah. There's really not much to shoot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the happening. Uh, I don't know. If this were a student film, I think that student would be flunked and expelled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, so like, I guess the thesis of the movie, right, is that nature is not understandable, uh, but that it... This is the second environmental movie with millions dead that we have seen. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's like, nature is, like, not understandable, but, like, it will evolve rapidly to defend itself against humanity. Um, and that people are fundamentally, uh, bad to each other in times of crisis. Uh... And, yeah, that's really, like... I mean, you're not wrong, but you could have made a better movie. I really think it's just, like, a very pessimistic movie. Like, you know, our, our like, protagonist in Elliot, like, everyone that, like, talks about the movie is, like, oh, he's, like, um, he's, like, optimistic, where Alma's more, like, pessimistic. But, like, none of that optimism, like, comes through in anything that happens. Like No, no one has a personality. Like, nobody goes anywhere, and the end of the movie is them just kind of, like, giving up and surrendering to nature and letting it kill them, and then it doesn't happen and everything turns out great. Because this is a God-honoring movie, and God saved them. I mean, that's really, <laughs> like, the vibe of the movie is just, like, you just have to surrender yourself to nature and be humbled before it, and, you know, it will deliver you. And it's just, like... And if you've got to take that little girl down with you, so good. 
I mean, it never feels like they're really doing anything to, like, help the little girl because she doesn't, you know, like... She's not anything. I mean, she we, might as well be a chihuahua in a bag. All right, we we talked about we've talked about uh, it a lot, but signs. Uh, the little girl in signs like makes that movie from her performance. Those She's, kids are funny, and like, I don't know. Well, I guess they have a personality. This girl isn't. This girl an is actor. nothing. She might as well not be in the movie. She's like an object to be hoarded around. She barely has any dialogue. She doesn't have any development and the characters don't like develop around her either like i don't know i guess we're supposed at the end of the movie they're like i guess we have you now because adoption is that easy and like i i guess like they have solved all of their relationship woes by going through a traumatic time no see you can fix a relationship by having a baby that really is what it is. It's, oh, by... by these, we, As we've all learned, a baby will fix everything. These two grown-ass adults that don't like each other will put all their problems aside to rear a child, which will fix them. Yeah. It, it's... That's normal heterosexual stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It was disappointing. Um, and I've already seen this movie a million times, and I still managed to... A find... million times? Wow. More than Twice. once. More than once. And I was disappointed by it still. Um, why have we seen this movie three times now? Twice. We have not seen it three times. We've seen this movie three times. We have not. Well, okay. So for some reason, uh, we've just watched a lot of bad Shyamalan movies. I've seen more than you have. I've gone out of my way independently to be like, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah, but like when we first started dating, we sat down and we watched The Village and this movie and devil like almost, i don't know why almost back to back to back uh which was strange <laughs> it was a very strange first in-person date to have devil's better than this it's the funniest one. the thing is it is funny like this movie there is like but i would rather watch this than the village <laughs> <laughs> the village is truly there is nothing in there um i mean yeah, there's not enough humor in this movie. There's not any... They they attempted. I guess, but, like, all the earnest attempts at humor just fall super flat. And, like, there's some unintentional comedy, but that's very it's much, like, it, listen, not booked that way. It's because it's Mark Mulper saying everything like this. You don't know if he's telling a joke or not. And the man's never been in a good movie ever in his life. Fucking fight me. <laughs> I mean, his performance is just rough. And he, like, can't carry this movie. Um, I don't know. Should we Should we uh, put our feelings to numbers? Yeah, let's see where this lands. <laughs> let's see where this goes. All right. Uh, first up is spookiness. <laughs> How scary was the movie? Scale of one to five. What do you think? I can't give this less than a one. So I'll give it a one. It's a one. <laughs> it's a one. Uh, there are no scares in this movie. Um, nothing is even, like, unsettling. Because even, like, the mass suicide bits are, like, done so cartoonishly and stiffly that just, like, there's nothing there to be scared by. Um, it's a one. It's It's just funny. I think some of the music is okay at setting the tone. 
there is some wild music happening when there's hilarious things happening on the screen, <laughs> the and thing, it just makes it funnier. The thing is, the music cannot uh, solve the rest of the things going on with it. No. <laughs> uh, he wants it to be, like, the birds or whatever. And it is not. Not one bit. Uh, which brings us to rating number two, watchability. Uh, how easy is it to just kind of sit down and throw the movie on and have a good time? I guess like two. I It's like 90 minutes. It's kind of funny at places, but I don't want to necessarily. I I don't. I'm not a fan. I, I need to stress that I am not a fan of this movie. <laughs> Uh, I would probably give it a two for watchability. I mean, it's it's watchable a little bit. It, it's terrible. If it's your first time seeing it, just just get it out of the way and see it because I think it truly needs to be seen to be believed. But yeah. I think I think it's a good movie to sit down with someone and make fun of on the couch as like a peanut gallery type thing, which we're very good at. Uh, it's gotten us through many a bad movie together. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it points for that for at least having uh, material to work with. It's a very memeable movie. <laughs> there are a lot of. We like, cannot stop saying what? No. What man? No. I mean, I'm whispering. <laughs> we have to stop. We have to stop. It's going to be the whole episode. This is the one chance we have. What do you want? <laughs> um, the Vince Price vamp rating. The performances and overall campiness of the movie. See, I have a problem. Okay. Because it's highly, highly <laughs> camp. I don't know about that. Maybe a three for me because it's oh, funny. Oh, wow. Uh, the performances are like a one. They're See, like a less bad than performance a does not necessarily mean <laughs> it is not funny or not camp. Bad acting does not hurt this rating in my eyes at all. I guess I'll give it a two because everyone is so stiff and wooden in their delivery that it is pretty funny sometimes. It's entertaining. <laughs> uh, giving me a composite score of five and you a composite score of six out of 15. Hey, it's better than Hostel. It is better than Hostel. My prediction was correct. I mean, <laughs> this made me laugh. It did at least make me laugh. Um, yeah, so a bad movie... <laughs> It's really bad. Uh, last week was the worst movie we've watched, and this is the second worst movie we've watched. <laughs> wow, the happening has finally been better at something. <laughs> it's not winning any awards anytime soon. No, I don't. Well, it might have got a Razzie or something. I would believe that. I would believe it. Um, I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts on this? Um, I I guess there's. He does his uh, Shyamalan universe thing where he adds in Easter eggs for every new movie he's gonna do. Oh, you mean like the Avatar: The Last Airbender backpack? Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's and that's why I'm killing myself. (laughs) Oh god, because that movie, uh, you you were an Avatar fan. I I guess you could say that I liked it a lot as a child, and that listen. My 45-year-old dad took me to see that movie, and it made him buy Netflix to watch the cartoon. (laughs) Because he was like, there's no way it's this bad? No, he's like, I want to watch the real one. (laughs) Okay, that that makes sense. No, Uh, he did more than that. He bought a DVD player that played Netflix (laughs) so that he could watch the cartoon Avatar The Last Airbender. so much like your dad. (laughs) He was like, 
it was pretty good. It wasn't that bad. It couldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets worse the more you really know about Avatar. Oh, I'm never watching that movie ever again. <laughs> you, you watched it with me just so that I could understand. I had to because <laughs> I made you watch the show. You you say you made me. I had a good time. It was it's an enjoyable show. show. Like it's a kids show. Uh, I it's think, absolutely for kids. I, I think it's a little like overhyped in the culture as like one of the greatest shows of all time. Like it's a, it's a good kids show. I mean, you know? it, it definitely started the narrative semi serious kids show plotline thing, and it's kind of like one of the better ones of those. But I would say as an adult, you can't really get into it as much. I, I had a I had a pretty good time with it as an adult watching it, mostly for the first time. I caught like random episodes as a kid. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, the the movie is so bad. It's yeah. Um, I it was one of those seeing is believing things that I had to show you so. Yeah, I guess, um, like, Shyamalan just isn't for me, is fundamentally what it is. Like, everything I see from him makes me more and more miserable, (laughs) (laughs) objectively, in my life. We both, we both enjoyed Signs when we saw it for the first time this year. I know, that's what shocked me, because I've seen all the bad ones. Well, what was amazing to me when I watched it is, like, I see all of the M. Night bones in this of the bad movies coming through and i think that movie's kind of saved by its performances a bit which is why i say i got those kind of vibes watching this movie because it's very much like oh an american family kind of struggles through the apocalypse that just sort of ends who knows um, what happened with i a, don't know with a he bunch made, of call he made forwards two and... good ones and then just lost his shit and took dmt and just <laughs> <laughs> dropped into the middle of the planet it was it was bad um but yeah uh that's the happening it happened it happened what now (laughs) (laughs) now i think it's time oh shit me the movie sack hey what what no the sack the sack i'm stealing from the sack oh no <laughs> well welcome to the movie sack segment uh this is the part of the show where we pick a uh movie out of a sack <laughs> <laughs> to watch next week opal you're the keeper of the sack you decide what goes in i decide what comes out i pull the movie i've selected the movie I have not been very good to you <laughs> as of a couple of weeks. Alright, well, hopefully, I picked blind, so hopefully I picked a good one. <laughs> Your face! Next week, Will. I'm full of dread. Next week, we'll be watching Slender. Oh! <laughs> I'm so sorry! Uh, you, you've... Uh, drawn a smiley face on the slip of paper here. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Slender, the... 2000... What year did this movie come out? 18? 2018. Film. <laughs> hey, what is it rated next to the happening? Uh, what do you mean? What's the, what's the tomato meter saying? <laughs> Sorry, uh, it is Slender Man. The 2018 film. I thought it was called Slender. I see Slender Man. 
2018 horror thriller. Hour and 40 minutes. 8% oh! Rotten Tomatoes. That is worse than happening. <laughs> Directed by Sylvain White. <laughs> oh, no. Question mark. Okay, Slender, there's a 2016 documentary. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. That's different. Okay. <laughs> we are watching Slender Man, the 2018 horror thriller. Slender Space Man. man. <laughs> Based on the creepypasta. Based on the man. <laughs> the man, the myth. The Slender the Man. The man himself. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, but where can we, uh, where can we find you on the internet if we want to direct, uh, the pitchforks for the movie selection? <laughs> so if you want to send me hate, <laughs> I'm at opal.card.co. You can find all my socials. And the podcast also has a Twitter as Gary Bear. Uh, and I'm putrid underscore imp on Twitter. You can find my other show, Level With You, at Level With You Pod. That's a World of Warcraft classic book club with my friend Austin, who's never played an MMO before. Uh, we have a good time. Uh, oh, well. I think we're done. I'm what? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Once I put a movie in the sack, I don't take them out of the sack. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. I what? didn't know we were going to have a, a run like this. We're, we're in our era. <laughs> this, is a, this is our Slender Man era. Oh, boy. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> I hear you whispering. Planning on stealing something. No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on 